Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our first ever Oops! All Headlines edition of Don't Panic. Good evening, I'm Sean Jennings, and this is January 14th, 2019, and welcome to the first ever Oops! All Headlines version of Don't Panic. Now, if you're asking yourselves, hey, what does that mean? Uh, it means that we are not having a regular show this week. You know, myself, Colby, and Dan, uh, for us, this show, as much as we love doing it every single week, we've been doing it for, I think, going on almost seven years now. We unfortunately have busy schedules. This isn't a full-time job for us. We do have regular jobs. We do have lives. And it means, unfortunately, we just can't do it every single week throughout the year. We miss weeks. And we don't want to do that to our fans out there who really enjoy the show and enjoy listening. We want to give you 52 continuous weeks of content each and every year. I mean, hey, it's what you pay for, right? And so we've decided to try out a brand new format uh, where it is just the news. It's something we don't need all three of us to tape, it's something we can tape in advance, something we can get into your feed. For those of you who live really busy lives like we do, don't get to see all the tech news throughout the week. Unfortunately, you're not going to get to hear what we did this weekend or what we had for dinner or our thoughts on what we would do if we won the lottery, but you will get a taste of what happened this week in tech. And we've got a lot of great stories, so without any further ado, let's get into the headlines. A recent study was published looking at news sharing on social media, and the answers probably won't surprise you. Published in Science Advances, this study looked at 3,500 people following the 2016 U.S. presidential election and found some interesting results. Uh, Overall, 8.5% of users shared at least one link from a fake news site, uh, and those who identified as conservative were more likely than users who identified as liberal to share fake news. About 18% of Republicans shared versus less than 4% of Democrats. But really the sort of big takeaway from the story, you may have seen headlines, is that older users skewed the findings. About 11% of users older than 65 shared a hoax, while just 3% of users 18 to 29 did. Facebook users ages 65 and older shared more than twice as many fake news articles than the next oldest age group of 45 to 65, quite a large gap, and nearly seven times as many fake news articles as the youngest age group, 18 to 29. Co-author Andrew Gass, a political science at Princeton University, said, quote, when we bring up the age finding, a lot of people say, oh yeah, that's obvious. For me, what is pretty striking is that the relationship holds up even when you control for party affiliation or ideology. The fact that it's independent of these other traits is pretty surprising to me. It's not just being driven by older people being more conservative. Now, the study did not draw a conclusion as to why older users are more likely, more likely to share the hoaxes, though researchers point to two possible theories. The first is that older people who came to the internet later lack the digital literacy skills of their younger counterparts. The second is that people experience cognitive decline as they age, making them likelier to fall for hoaxes. According to some upsetting reports from both The Intercept and The Information, smart doorbell company Ring allowed employees to share unencrypted customer videos with each other. These reports say that this behavior began in 2016 when Ring co-founder moved the company's efforts from San Francisco to Ukraine to save money. Sources say that for months after the Ukraine office was opened, videos were frequently transmitted without encryption. In addition, the company provided its R&D team in Ukraine with virtually unrestricted access to a folder on the company's Amazon S3 cloud storage instance containing every Ring customer video. These videos were unencrypted and could be easily downloaded and shared. The team was also given a database that linked each video to the Ring customer it belonged to. And at the same time, U.S.-based Ring executives and engineers were granted overreaching access to, quote, unfiltered, around-the-clock live feed from some customers' cameras, end quote. 
Now, while there aren't any documented instances of this access being abused, a source told The Intercept, quote, if someone knew a reporter or competitor's email address, they could view all of their cameras. The source also recounted instances of ring engineers teasing each other about who they brought home after romantic dates. A Ring representative told The Intercept that the only videos employees view and annotate are those made public through the Ring's community watch app called Neighbors. Quote, we have zero tolerance for abuse of our systems, and if we find bad actors who have engaged in this behavior, we will take swift action against them. They also said that uh, when it comes to live streams, quote, Ring does not provide and never has provided employees with access to live stream of Ring devices. NBC Universal announced they're joining the streaming wars, announcing its own standalone streaming service launching in 2020. An ad-supported version of the streaming service will be free for NBC TV subscribers in the U.S. and will also be made available to Comcast Cable and Sky subscribers internationally as well. Paid version of the app, which include an ad-free version for those who don't want to sit through commercials, will also be available for $12.99, according to a CNBC report. This will allow cord cutters who don't subscribe to NBC to access the streaming service as well. Much like CBS All Access, NBC Universal Streaming Service will offer original programming for subscribers alongside its catalog of titles. Shows like 30 Rock and The Good Place will be able to stream through NBC's Universal Service, hypothetically, of course, but they're produced by NBC, so they own the rights. Other series, like ER and Friends, which aired on NBC in the 90s, are technically owned by other companies, and, and those two example, Warner Brothers, may not be available to stream. The press release states, quote, NBC Universal will continue to license content to other studios and platforms while retaining rights to certain titles for a new service. The interesting piece is that NBC Universal also has a 30% stake in Hulu. The other 70% now owned by Disney used to be split between Fox and Disney, now they're one company. The interesting thing is that Disney could buy NBC Universal's 30% and own Hulu 100% outright. How this service will compete with Hulu is still to be seen. NBC Universal Service will be going up against streaming services launching in the next few years from Disney and Warner Brothers AT&T. AT&T got in some hot water this week as they announced their first entry into 5G, or did they? You see, AT&T this week updated three smartphones from Samsung and LG to make them show 5G connectivity logos, even though none of them are capable of connecting to 5G networks because 5G networks don't exist yet. The Samsung Galaxy S8 Active, the LG V30, or the LG V40, when they're connected to portions of AT&T's LTE network that have received some speed-boosting upgrades, I say speed-boosting upgrades with heavy quotation marks, they'll show an icon that says 5GE instead of LTE. That E in the logo is supposed to tip you off that it's not real 5G, just marketing nonsense. After this announcement, the other wireless providers fought back. Verizon said it wouldn't lie to customers about whether their phone were connected to a 5G network, taking out a full-page ad in major newspapers and also running a blog post in which they said, quote, we won't take an old phone and just change the software to turn the 4 in the status bar into a 5. T-Mobile also came out strongly against AT&T, its CTO saying AT&T was duping customers and joked about upgrading the iPhone to 9G simply by putting a sticky note on it. Now, Verizon isn't completely innocent here. They've been misleading about 5G as well, bragging last year about launching the world's first commercial 5G service, which, for one, it wasn't even mobile. It was a home internet service, and it was only delivered wirelessly during the final stretch to the subscriber's home, and it didn't even use the global 5G standard. It used a rival 5G standard created by Verizon. Either way, these companies are going to have to be careful about how they explain these things to users, lest we have LTE confusion all over again. 
And now for our final story, it's the incredible shareable egg. That's right, a stock photo of a brown egg has become the most liked image in Instagram history posted by the account World Record Egg. It's amassed over 36 million likes. That's more than the population of Australia. Uh, Begin as just a joke account. Uh, the description of the photo says... Let's start a world record together and get the most liked post on Instagram, beating the current world record, which was hosted by Kylie Jenner. It had 18 million likes that photo when it was her announcement that she was pregnant. Uh, an interesting story. Not quite sure why people really like this egg, but gosh darn it, it's very popular. Uh, 36 million and counting. Good for you, egg. And now, a segment. That's right, we're going to end each of these Oops All Headlines episodes with a segment. Sometimes we'll repeat them, sometimes we won't. It'll be based on your feedback. Let us know what you think of these segments. Today's segment, the craziest tech gadget I saw this week, comes from the fine folks at the startup Caper, who want to eliminate checkouts by making their shopping carts the checkout. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Well, they already offer a shopping cart that stores can buy that have a built-in barcode scanner, but they want to roll out a V2 of that. A shopping cart that uses that sort of Amazon Go smart convenience store technology to use image recognition cameras and a weight sensor to automatically know what you're putting in the cart. You pay right on the cart with a credit card, and then you leave without ever having to use a checkout or anything else. It's a smart, uh, it's a smart grocery cart. They already have two stores piloting the technology. Uh, the cameras on the cart employ image recognition matched with a weight sensor to identify what you toss in your cart. Then you just shop like normal and pay and leave with no line. Uh, Casper uses the store's existing security cameras to help detect shoplifting, though they say it hasn't been much of a problem yet. And they wouldn't reveal the price of the carts, but said they're not that much more expensive than a standard shopping cart. To outfit a store in these uh, smart carts, it would be comparable to the price of implementing traditional self-checkout. The way it works is shops buy the carts outright and pay a technology subscription fee, but get free hardware upgrades. Now, why would stores want to do this? Caper says they deliver three big benefits to merchants. First, they'll be able to repurpose cashier labor to assist customers in other ways. Second, the ease and affordable cost of transitioning means businesses will be able to get their money back faster. But even most importantly, like any good tech startup, they want to sell your data to sell you more products. Uh, they want to share the data the carts collect, whether it's the route through the store, the shelves customers hover in front of, or what they even buy. And share with retail partners so they can optimize their layouts and offer promoted deals on the carts themselves. Hey, you bought some potato chips. Here's where you can find dip. Uh, when will you see Caper near you? I have no idea. I'd be shocked if they stayed in business. They just raised another $3 million. But hey, who knows? Might have a Caper in a supermarket coming soon near you. Well, that concludes our first ever Oops All Headlines. Thanks for joining us on this. We appreciate you being part of the journey. If the response is great, we'll keep rolling these each and every week uh, whenever we don't have a show. Actually, we don't have a show next week, so we'll be back with another Oops All Headline next week and then a regular full episode with all the hosts the following week. If you want to get everything Don't Panic, go to our website, don'tpanic.io. All of our past episodes are there. We just had a great one last week. If you didn't listen to it, you can check that out. Uh, you can also get links to all of our picks uh, from our regular episodes are there. And be sure to subscribe to the show. If you're not, I don't know how you would get the show by not subscribing, but if you happen to randomly catch one, maybe your YouTube recommended it to you, who knows? You can subscribe to the show, get fresh episodes every week. Who knows? Maybe you'll get 52 of them this year. Wouldn't that be something? You can get it right now wherever you get podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, now on Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. We're there. The video version is also on YouTube. And of course, we love your feedback, especially when we try new things like this. So reach out to us. Don'tpanicshow at gmail.com is a great way to email us. We do read them and answer them. You can also tweet at us. At Don't Panic Show on Twitter is a great way to reach out. 
On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us on this uh, mini episode of Don't Panic. We'll see you next week with more tech news. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.